0: We've been talking an awful lot about a pair of tight ends that can contribute in 2023 to the New Orleans Saints, but shouldn't we be talking about a trio? We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into another live episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much as always, for making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day. Every day, don't forget you could subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast, and keep the conversation going one-on-one with me every day over at joinsubtext.com slash Locked on Saints. As always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson. Nola on Twitter, your New Orleans Saints expert credential member of the media, senior writer and reporter over at Saints News Network, Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation site covering the New Orleans Saints. You can find me every Tuesday over on the Locked on NFL podcast and here with you every single Monday through Friday on Locked on Saints. And on today's episode, our another another live evening episode of Locked on Saints, we're going to take a look at the free agent pursuits that the new orleans saints have kind of been rumored to be connected to but more so we're just speculating a little bit so we'll have a little bit of fun we're also going to take a look at the 2023 outlook for the new orleans saints because while we've been pretty positive or at least cautiously optimistic not everybody else has been we're also going to take a look at jamal williams a huge free agent acquisition for the new orleans saints but why was he so overlooked in free agency and how does that all work for new orleans but first We've been talking a lot about the pair of tight ends for the New Orleans Saints, Juwan Johnson, and then now the exciting addition of Foster Moreau. But should we be talking about a trio, including former Pittsburgh and Florida Gators tight end, Lucas Kroll? And I think we should be. And a a part of this comes down to Dennis Allen's press conference from yesterday. So we're going to take a look at a couple of quotes there, take a look at why having three tight ends, actually, that can kind of rotate and impact the game for New Orleans would be great for them along with the receiving backs that they're kind of starting to gather up. First, I want to give a shout out to everybody that's here live or whether you're watching live or maybe you're catching the show later. I appreciate you very much for being here with us for another episode of Locked on Saints as our two-a-days continue on. Let me see them locked. Let me see them, uh, your team every days in the chat. So I know that you are here. James Gordon, well ahead of everybody, your team every day, Kenneth, Dylan, Connor, Pammy. I thought I saw Carla, Tedra, so many folks up in here. JT, I see you. I see you. I see you. Thank you all very much for being here for another episode. So let's take a look at uh, some of the, the the things that have kind of, uh, as I've been kind of sitting back and ruminating on OTAs and the interviews and the conversations that we had with um, uh, head coach Dennis Allen and quarterback Derek Carr, tight end Foster Moreau, and a few others within the locker room as well. What's going on, DJ? Um uh, uh, one of the quotes that I, I keep coming back to is uh, Dennis Allen speaking on Lucas Kroll, and he was asked about him, Lucas Kroll, of course, being the undrafted free agent tight end that was brought in from Pittsburgh most immediately, but he also spent some time with the Florida Gators throughout his collegiate career as well. Uh, if you want to know more about that, I'm sure that you know, you can always hit up my friend Brandon Olson over at Locked On Gators, who uh, loves Lucas Kroll. I actually quote tweeted my tweet when I tweeted out this live show and said, ah, that is uh Florida Gators legend uh, Lucas Kroll to you. So maybe big fan, maybe sarcasm. I don't know. But either way, there's a lot of excitement around Kroll when it all comes down to it. And so I want to read a little bit of what it is that Dennis Allen said. And we're going to revisit this a little bit in tomorrow morning's episode as well. Remember, just one episode on Fridays uh, to where we're going to share some of the video clips and things like that from some of the interviews. But Dennis Allen said that he's excited about Lucas Kroll. He said that he is somebody that showed a lot of promise last year uh, in the the sort of qualities that he highlighted about him. Good vertical threat in terms of vertical speed, getting down the field, mentioned him as a good one cut route runner as well. So being able to make one cut, find a way to get open, um, you know, find ways to lull some of these defenders to sleep during the push up field and then at the break be able to uh, come out of that and find a way to get open but also mentioned something really really specific to the success of the new orleans saints and said that one of the things that he really likes is that he has been a very good asset in terms of his ability to attack the seams as well and that's a big thing for the new orleans saints oftentimes when we talked about um when we talked about when we talk about the seams, we're, we're really kind of talking about sort of the specific area of the offense that kind of moves around. But really oftentimes what we're talking about is kind of between the numbers and the hash marks as kind of a, just a general area. And that's a spot that um, you see a lot or that you used to see a lot in the heyday of the New Orleans Saints attacking downfield to Jimmy Graham. And that's not a hard, I mean, sorry, that's not an easy area of the field to attack. You have to be perfect on your timing. Otherwise, if you're too late, you have the safety over the top. If you're too early, you have the linebacker or potentially nickel corner underneath. There is a a precision in timing. There's a precision in ball placement. There's a precision in anticipation in chemistry that's necessary for all of that. So you think about Derek Carr and Foster Moreau, Derek Carr's skill set lends itself to that anticipation, precision, timing, all of those things. Familiarity as well, and being able to see the field at the same time uh, when it comes to um, when it comes to Foster Moreau because of all of the 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 time that they've spent together, the 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 offense that they've been a part of, all of that. But you also imagine it with Juwan Johnson as well because Juwan Johnson has been able to attack that that area of the field. He did it with Jameis Winston, he did it with Andy Dalton. So now you're looking to see it trans- see it translate with Derek Carr as well. But now you add another guy in Lucas Kroll who could come in and potentially attack that area of the field as well. Be that one cut guy that can push some of those linebackers, push some of those safeties. He's too fast for linebackers. He's too big for safeties. He is the cliche when it comes to pass catching tight ends. And the big thing that's going to help him get out on the field is if he can also line up in line and help to block. And specifically what Dennis Allen called out were the C and D gaps. We're going to break that down a little bit more in tomorrow's episode, but I want to focus on the pass-catching prowess of Lucas Krull and why that could be helpful. Ross, they're already going to have two pass-catching tight ends in Foss Moreau as well as Juwan Johnson. Why do they need a third one? Well, why not, first of all? Secondly, uh, you, know, you never have enough, enough weapons in the passing game. There's sort of this, I'll call it a misnomer. It's something I've never really believed in, but there's sort of this, um, this piece that we hear a lot of people talk about where they say, too many mouths to feed. What is the perfect amount of mouths to feed? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, where is that really on the spectrum? Is there, because there's certainly too little mouths to feed because we've seen it in the New Orleans Saints offense here in the recent past. If there's such thing as too many mouths to feed, then where's the real approximate middle of that or the sweet spot or the, the, the just right number of mouths to feed there. To me, there's no such thing. To me, you want all the mouths to feed. You want more mouths to feed than you can feed. That way, if one of the early mouths gets hurt, you have another mouth to go to. And so for me, when you look at Lucas Kroll and knowing sort of the injury history around the New Orleans Saints that I am almost certain is not going to just change overnight or from two seasons to the next, you want to have some depth there. You want to have another guy that is quantifiable as a mouth to feed, if you will, so that you can rely on that player in case you have an injury at tight end. Or in case something happens with Foster Moreau, like there's still a reality of that. He said that there's not an ounce an ounce of concern for him when it comes to his ability to be able to get through the 2023 season physically, despite that Hodgkin's lymphoma diagnosis from two months ago. And that's great news, but you wanna make sure that you're safeguarded. You wanna make sure that you have another guy to go to no matter what. And Lucas Croll could potentially be that guy. Now you pair that up with Derek Carr, who absolutely has sort of this Mentality of taking what the defense gives them, gives him, and, and tight ends help you do that. Pass catching running backs help you do that as well. So as much as we want to talk about how exciting Michael Thomas can be, the next step for Chris Olave and Rashid Shaheed, how exciting At Perry could potentially be, and all of that, you still have to have safe options on offense as well. And guys like Juwan Johnson, Foster Moreau, Lucas Kroll, Alvin Kamara, Jamal Williams, and now hopefully also Kendre Miller give you that safety blanket. So you have that nice combination of safety blankets as well as playmakers on your offensive side. And that's a big, big, big step forward for what the New Orleans Saints, or for the New Orleans Saints, compared to what they've had over the course of recent past. The New Orleans Saints have not had a threat at tight end that they have been able to consistently rely upon, with the exception of Jawan Johnson, with the exception of Jawan Johnson, which is recent. But up until now, they have not had a tight end that they can rely on since Jimmy Graham. Now they could potentially have two or potentially have three. That is a fantastic place for this offense to be in 2023. Coming up next, let's look at that backfield and let's look specifically at Jamal Williams. Was he overlooked over the course of the free agency process? Why did that happen and how did it benefit the New Orleans Saints? We got all that coming up for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked On saints in today's episode of locked on saints brought to you by our friends over at built bar the best tasting protein bar on the market trust me name a protein bar go ahead name one nope 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 built bar is better than all three of them every single one of them doesn't matter trust me i've traveled the entire world i have tried every single protein bar that's out there built bar is the best one why because you're getting 15 16 17 18 grams of protein you getting four or five grams of sugar. You're getting only about 130, 140 calories despite the fact that there are some flavors like cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, cherry barcia. There's so many phenomenal flavors and every one of those is covered in 100% chocolate. But instead of you getting all of the bad stuff in a candy bar, you're getting all the great stuff of the protein bar that you need to get through the day. So you wanna check them out today? Head over to Built.com so you can see the full catalog, but you can also head over to your local Walmart, go to the pharmacy section, four bar boxes with some great flavors waiting for you there. You can also head over to Sam's Club where you can get a 13 bar box of some hit flavors like churro puff as well as brownie batter puff as well. Don't worry, you can thank me later. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Appreciate you as always, all you everydayers out there, whether you're live or catching the show later, appreciate you very much for being here. and. Uh, making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every single day. So I want to take a look now at Jamal Williams. Uh, The big thing, (laughs) the big thing when it comes to Jamal Williams for me right now, and what has kind of led me to this conversation is Cynthia Freeland, who I hope to have back on the show. She came on the show last year from uh, NFL Network uh, to talk a little bit about uh, Pete Werner, who she mentioned as one of the most, one of the 32 overlooked players in the NFL. Basically every single year. She goes through and with a set of sort of uh, a rubric, if you will, can't have all pros, can't be a Pro Bowl player, all these other things, um, that player, or she'll go through and every every team, she will name an overlooked player. And for the 2023 season for the New Orleans Saints, she mentioned Jamal Williams. And a lot of that is connected to contract value. Jamal Williams led the NFL in rushing touchdowns last year with 17. Now, understand that when we say overlooked when we say underappreciated about Jamal Williams, we're not talking about by the fan base. We're not talking about the we're not talking about the New Orleans Saints organization who went out and signed Jamal Williams. We're talking about contract wise. We're talking about NFL as a whole, right? He's got a lot of love here in New Orleans. The fan base is super excited to have him. The organization is stoked to have him. All of that is absolutely true, and all of that is absolutely warranted. But he did sign a contract that is a three-year, twelve million-dollar contract, four million dollars per year is the average. That's nineteenth among running backs in the NFL, despite the fact. That he led the NFL in rushing touchdowns just last year with 17. Jamal Williams is being paid fewer millions of dollars over the course of his contract lifespan with the New Orleans Saints, the three year contract, than touchdowns that he scored in one season just last year. That's wild. And some of that comes down to Jamal Williams and his people loved that the New Orleans Saints were right there and saying, hey, we want. You and this is a common, this is a common thing. It's a theme for the New Orleans Saints so far this off season, to where they have not made these big pitches. Look at how great we can be with you. Look at all this, stuff, blah blah blah, all that stuff. They instead have gone to them and said, "Hey, here's the truth. We want you on this team. We want you, not anybody else." You. They did it to Derek Carr. They did it to Jamal Williams. They did that with Foster Moreau. They probably did it with Michael Thomas in terms of getting him back. And I'm sure that they did it with every single other player. Colin Saunders mentioned it. I'm sure Nathan Shepard will mention it as well. There's so many of these guys that the Saints have signed this offseason that their simple pitch was desire. That's it. The truth. And it worked with Jamal Williams. And I'm sure it didn't hurt that the Saints play the Detroit Lions during this season here in New Orleans. I'm sure it didn't hurt at all for that to be the case as well. But for the Saints, they went out and they pursued Jamal Williams. They wanted him. They went after him. And Jamal Williams wanted that because, like he said, he felt disrespected in terms of the way that the negotiations went with the Detroit Lions. And I went further, got a little bit more detail on that. Again, it was not about the money that he was being offered from Detroit, which actually was not that far off from what the New Orleans Saints offered. In fact, if the number that I'm told is correct in terms of what Detroit apparently offered him per the sources that I've talked to, the Saints actually got him for less money than what the Detroit Lions are actually willing to put on the table for him. But it wasn't about that. And remember, that's in terms of average per year value, not about guaranteed money. Guarantees could have swayed. The desire for the team to work with him could have swayed. The role could have swayed. There's so many different things that factor in Beyond just average per year value. But the Saints were the ones who were able to get it done. So Cynthia Freeland has Jamal Williams listed as one of the 32 most overlooked or 32 underappreciated players in the NFL based on their contract value versus previous production. That's not a commentary on the New Orleans Saints. It's not a commentary on the fan base. It's about contract value. And I think that when you look at why that would be the case, it's because so many people have mistaken. Jamal Williams' ability in the run game and conflated it instead of looking over the course of his career as a whole and his contributions as a whole, they have conflated his ability with the way that the uh, Detroit Lions utilized him. 13 of his 17 touchdowns in 2022 came from within three yards of the goal line or goal line touchdowns as per next-gen stats. If you look at that, there's a lot of teams who might say, "Meh." that's not really what we need in our offense. We want a breakaway runner. We want somebody that's going to pick up chunky yardage, all of that. But they're ignoring the sheer fact that Jamal Williams is more than that. He was a pass catching back. He was the pass catching back, actually, in Green Bay for Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. He's somebody that, according to Cynthia Freeland's write-up, averaged 4.4 yards per carry just between the tackles in 2022 that was ninth best in the nfl let me remind you he is the 19th highest paid running back in the nfl despite that number despite being top 10 at running between the tackles so you want to know what he does to help a guy like alvin Kamara? here's where this all benefits the new Orleans saints teams looked at jamal williams and said oh, blah, blah. he's a goal on guy he's a short yardage guy and they devalued him because of that they devalued him because of the position the position of running back is just consistently devalued. It's the way that the NFL works. So they looked at that and then maybe didn't value him. The valuation was different, whatever. The Saints, on the other hand, looked at that as well as his pass catching prowess from the, from the back, uh, from, from earlier on in his career. And they said, you know what? 4.4 yards between the tackle? That means we don't have to run Alvin Kamara between the tackles anymore. He doesn't have to be a bell cow back. He can go back to being a change of pace back. We can get him out in space. Jamal Williams can handle the tough yardage. He can do the tough stuff. So then that sort of partnership with Alvin Kamara ended up being a big selling point for New Orleans. I'm sure it was a big selling point for Jamal Williams as well. But also, we're already seeing it out at OTAs, Derek Carr, Jamal Williams getting comfortable in the passing game with one another so he can contribute from multiple areas on the field and in multiple ways. That's how he was undervalued by the NFL, why he was undervalued by the NFL, and why it worked out so great for the New Orleans Saints. I cannot wait to see number 30 out there in the black and gold, Jamal Williams for the New Orleans Saints, and the way to see how creative the Saints can be with what should effectively be a three-headed attack uh, at running back, assuming Alvin Kamara is available in the 2023 season or for most of the twenty three season or some portion of the 2023 season. But even still, having Kendra Miller and Jamal Williams definitely gives you a boost from what the New Orleans Saints have had in the past, and spe- specifically in the recent past, behind Alvin Kamara one way or another. So Worked out great for the New Orleans Saints, and the NFL can keep sleeping. And speaking of sleeping, the outlook sometimes away from New Orleans on the New Orleans Saints feels like they're being slept on a little bit. We'll address that, and we're going to take a look at some of the free agents that the New Orleans Saints eh, loosely connected to over the course of this offseason, knowing that June 1 is on the way and knowing that there's still some money left to spend. Got that coming up for you as we continue on and wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every let's get it. Who that nation wrap it up today's episode of locked on saints. Big shout out to everybody that's hanging out here with us here for the live show or whether you're catching us later. Uh, we appreciate you very much for being here today. Uh, Tedra says four headed monster. Sir Roderick Thompson, the uh, or Sir Roderick uh, is it Thompson. I think it's Thompson. Sir Roderick Thompson, the UDFA out of Texas tech. Uh, maybe we'll see if he makes the roster. Going to wait to see that first. We haven't even got the training camp yet, so we'll find out. Uh, but there's a whole thing. Oh God, somebody's, somebody done asked about, oh no, no, somebody says where there's smoke, there's fire. I thought it was a smoke Monday question already coming up again, but this actually gets us. Kenneth Wesley here asked, uh, so what are the rumors that you feel uh, like where there's smoke, there's fire? Let's get to that here in a second. Um, what are the, some of the moves that the New Orleans Saints have been kind of connected to over the course of the off season? It, it's mostly speculation, right? Anything that you hear that's a rumor at this point, is mostly like, hey, this would make sense. Hey, that would make sense. All that, unless you've been hearing the rumor consistently throughout. So the one that I'll say, when there's smoke, there's fire, is still the Hunter Renfro situation. And this is another one to where people will say things like, <laughs> this is another one where people will say like, oh, well, you add Hunter Renfro, then all of a sudden you got too many mouths to feed. I'm sorry, like that. There's no such thing. <laughs> there's no such thing as too many miles to feed. Like I love how we say you can't have enough edge rushers. We say you can't have enough corners, but we never say you can't have enough mouths to feed. I don't know why that's the case. So. Uh, Dil- Dylan Hunt says smoke Monday. Um, uh, so I-, I look at that one as being the one where there's the most smoke and maybe the most fire for sure. Uh, so the next piece that I look at for me is where the saints could potentially add some more talent in terms of free agency. Now I'm, I'm going to, you know, if you if you're an everydayer and you've listened to the show or you've watched the show consistently here over the past couple of weeks, You've heard some names before that I've mentioned. Guys like Miles Jack make a lot of sense to me. Wouldn't rule out Deion Jones. Wouldn't rule out a guy like Corey Littleton. Things like that. The Saints love their veteran linebackers during training camp. So maybe that's the time that those things tend to happen. But then they have other places that they could go as well. Edge rushers like Yannick Ngakwe. They could potentially go and look for more depth on the offensive line. There's a lot of different ways that this team can continue to go to continue to build up. And so some of this can be... Players not wanting to sign with a team and then not show up at OTAs, so they're waiting to sign with the team so that they can get involved during training camp. If you've seen the recent comments from Indama uh, Kinsu, he says he's not gonna sign anywhere until after training camp. He'll be ready for week one, though. Don't worry, you know. So, like, there, there's different attitudes across the NFL from those free agents that either don't want to sign on with a team. To show up for voluntary stuff or potentially like make themselves look bad if they don't show up for the voluntary stuff, even though they're with a new team. And then others that are in a situation that are, you know, uh, don't want to get hurt either, particularly running backs and things like that that are, that are still out there. So I'm, I, 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 I understand right now that the Saints have money to spend. They have an open roster spot, but they don't necessarily need to be in a hurry to get anybody in the building at this point. You've got 89 of 90 spots filled on the roster. If you decide to fill that 90th spot this week, great. If you decide to fill it next week, it effectively feels like the same thing. And then you should imagine too, and keep in mind that everyone that's on the current 90 man roster or 89 man roster, uh, may not be by the time you get to training camp and that there may be new people that are waived from this version of the roster and then added in place of those players that ended up getting moved on. So a lot of this is going to kind of shift and change as we've seen over the course of the offseason. But some of the names that the Saints have been most connected to aren't really names that anyone has been able to say, oh, the Saints have had conversations with this player, that player, things like that. The only rumors that you've really heard are is that the Saints have checked in on Hunter Renfro. And those feel like logical rumors. Those feel like good rumors. Um, and you've heard them consistently over the course, the NFL draft, the combine before that, the senior bowl, potentially, like there's all these different places where you get to see it. So, uh, so Hunter Renfro is the one guy that I would say, where there's smoke, there might be fire. The other guys are like, hey, this would make sense. This would be a good fit for the team. This would be a good fit for the player. So I just wanted to kind of like mention that, like those are some names to watch out for guys like Hunter Renfro, Miles Jack, Corey Littleton, Yannick Ngakwe and others. But the only one that's really got some real weight behind them in terms of being a rumor as opposed to speculation is probably Hunter Renfro, at least at this time. We'll see how things change. And of course, there's still Frank Clark and other guys that could potentially be um, pickups for the New Orleans Saints, though I I don't think that Frank Clark necessarily fits what New Orleans is looking for, especially with their focus on culture over the course of this uh, offseason and their focus on availability as well when it comes to uh, this offseason. So we are live here on Locked on Saints. Uh, Take a look at some of those free agency rumors and speculation and all that. But now I want to take a moment to close out the show looking at these sort of outlook of the New Orleans Saints. There's some people at some organizations saying that the Saints are going to take a step back in 2023. There are others like our good friend, friend of the show, Trevor Sykema, who I think we're going to have on the show at the end of next week, by the way. Uh, Trevor Sykema, who was on uh, NFL Total Access today, mentioning that the Saints and the Lions are two teams that he picks that didn't make the playoffs last year that will make the playoffs in 2023. So there's a lot of different routes you can go. Even on this network, you can go over to Peacock and Williamson, the Peacock and Williamson NFL show, and they're not as high on the Saints this year as they are on maybe the Carolina Panthers because everyone gets excited about the rookie quarterbacks, right? So there's a lot of those pieces that I think end up kind of getting, you know, finding their way into the narratives outside of the city of New Orleans. Meanwhile, we here in New Orleans are either optimistic or at least cautiously optimistic around the New Orleans Saints. Like I've, I've tried to be responsible in terms of saying, look, it's OTAs. We're only seeing this much of what the team is doing. Uh, there's, you know, still, they look really good on paper, but we haven't seen them in training camp. We haven't seen them in full speed. We have only seen them at OTA speed. We need to see what they look like on the field, all those other things. So I hope that I've been responsible in terms of my like, Hey, here's what I'm seeing for the New Orleans Saints because everything's going to be exciting because Either the Saints defense is winning or the Saints offense is winning in training camp, which means that the Saints are winning one way or another. So then it all changes when all of a sudden you go away from that and you go to an opposing defense and an opposing offense. So it's easy to get irresponsibly hype around a team when you're watching their offense beat their defense or their defense beat their offense. And no matter what, the same team is coming out on top in that conversation. And so I hope that we'll be able to, that we've been that way and that we'll continue to be that way. There are so many people talking about Smoke Monday in the chat right now oh my goodness this is hilarious this is so funny um and so there's all these different pieces that end up being kind of tracked throughout that you can say ah well these people are excited these people are overly hyped these you can put them on all these different categories but here's what i'll say the more doubt the better that's really the way that i feel about it the more doubt the better because the saints shouldn't buy into themselves This roster shouldn't buy into itself. These players shouldn't buy into themselves. And I think they echo that. Like Cam Jordan's not buying into the hype around the additions on the defensive line. He wants to teach those guys. He wants to help them get better. He's not saying, yeah, yeah, no, we're fine. He's saying, hey, I'm the only returning starter on the roster in 2023 as opposed to 2022. We've got work to do. Everybody be here for OTAs. And that's the leadership that you're seeing from him. Demario Davis, Tyron Matthew, they're in the facility, they're working. Even though Demario Davis wasn't on the field of the first day of OTAs, there's photos of him on the Saints Twitter account. You ain't got to work any bit of hard in order to find it. And you'll see that he was at the Saints indoor training facility working with Tyron Matthew and Chris Olave, Alante Taylor, and others. So there's all of these other pieces that you can, I, I, I keep saying that, I'm so sorry, but there's all of this sort of evidence out there that this team is not about to sniff its own roses. It's not gonna happen. They're not gonna accept their flowers right now. And I think that that's a wise place to be. And I think that it's humbling in nature to have the doubters on the outside saying, they ain't gonna be nothing. They ain't gonna be squat. Because then you have something to act against. You have a chip on your shoulder. Derek Carr, chip on his shoulder. The team that drafted him, the team that invested in him, the team that he never wanted to leave, quit on him. And now he's in an organization that said, hey, we know that they quit on you, but the Saints said, we want you here in New Orleans. And what happened? Derek Carr said, I I guess I'll come through. You know me in the metaphors, Connor. You know me in the metaphors. So while the Saints are in a situation to where they have clearly made, taken steps towards improvement, I understand why it's important to be cautiously optimistic. However, I don't think that it's warranted to be incredibly pessimistic about this team just yet, especially in this division. As Trevor Sykema said, somebody's got to win it. Somebody's got to win the NFC South. And if you look at around where the New Orleans Saints are and what else is around the division, they're in a pretty good spot to get it done in 2023. But the more doubt, the better when it comes to the New Orleans Saints. All right, y'all, I appreciate you for joining us for another episode of Locked on Saints. Coming up tomorrow morning, we'll have a fresh episode for you. Remember, only one episode on Fridays. Thinking about doing a super casual like Saturday hour-long live stream just for Q&As and stuff like that. If you want to come through for that, I'll make sure that that we do it. Um, it's been a ton of fun. We're going to keep two-a-days rolling. This ain't going nowhere anytime soon, so we're going to continue to have a, a, a ton of fun here on the show. Uh, coming up tomorrow, we're going to take a look at interviews and some snippets from uh, Derek Carr from Foster Moreau, from Dennis Allen about, you know, where the New Orleans Saints are, OTAs and all that as well. Continue to get you some of the insight from the players and the coaches that are making it happen, as opposed to just me running my mouth for you for 30 minutes. But I do love it. I love running my mouth for you for 30 minutes. I appreciate y'all, as always, for making lockdown on Saints your first listen of the day. Every day for making me a part of your day, part of your routine for saying yes to me and the show. As always, please, if you see me, say hi. Thank you to everybody who came through for the live show and everybody that's catching it afterwards as well. And if you want to keep the conversation going one-on-one with me, join subtext.com slash locked on saints is the place to be. Appreciate you as always, y'all. And if you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're momming them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holler at you.